You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Lowe's show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, aka Dr. Lowe. How is it going, guys? I hope you're doing fantastic. I am here at my office at Shine Natural Medicine doing some clinical stuff today, some IV therapy, some patient appointments, and thought I'd hop on here and do this little intro while I had a minute. I just wanted to take a sec to thank you guys who have left reviews over on the iTunes review section. It means the world to me. If you haven't left a review and you've been listening to the show, I would love if you can take a moment and head over there and give an honest review and hopefully five stars if you are enjoying the show. Also, if you have any requests for topics, you can leave those there. I read each and every one of those reviews. As many of you know, I am back seeing patients after taking a nice long maternity leave. So I am accepting new patients. If any of you listening want to look into doing some testing and this episode that I'm about to share with you is all about hormone testing and keep in mind that all the things we talk about are tests that I can run for my patients, both local and distant. So definitely jump in while you can, while we run this new patient special. So 75 bucks bucks off your first patient visit. And that is good for my listeners. Or if you want to share it with a friend who wants to get some testing done, I'd be happy to work with you. Usually the main patients I work with are women who want to improve their hormones. Um, I work with men and women of all ages though. Um, you know, we do a lot of digestive testing, hormone testing, blood work, and based on your history and what we find with your labs, I can put together a plan for you to help get things on track. So it is a joy. I've had, I've had clinical experience for over 10 years now. I've worked with thousands of patients, lots of experience. And, um, you know, there's really not much under the sun that I haven't worked with. To learn more about my practice and setting up an appointment, you can head over to shinenaturalmedicine.com. If you are a lady or a couple who is looking into improving your fertility, perhaps you're wanting to start a family or have more kids after having some already, I invite you to check out my course, Golden Eggs Fertility. You can learn more at goldeneggsfertility.com. This is a six-week course going over how to balance your hormones before pregnancy, how to prepare for healthy eggs and healthy sperm before conception. I go into detox techniques. I go over supplements to use and which lab work to run with your doctor and... Actually, the labs that we're going to talk about on this show today are are labs that I run for a lot of my fertility patients. So I think it'll, you'll get a lot out of it. So head over at goldeneggsfertility.com and let's get you prepared for baby. It is pumpkin spice latte season. Everything is pumpkin spice everywhere. But what saddens me is just how toxic these pumpkin spice lattes are. If you are a, a Starbucks fan, I just want to reveal some truth about these drinks that you are consuming. So the typical pumpkin spice latte has 50 grams of sugar. That's the grande, which is 12 teaspoons of sugar. Take that in. 12 teaspoons. It's more than a can of Coke. It has different ingredients like carrageenan, which is a stabilizer linked to intestinal inflammation and cancer. There's pesticide residues. There's fake caramel color. There's actually no real pumpkin in the drink. 
So I am not a fan of the pumpkin spice lattes. What I've been recommending for my patients instead is using the Organifi Gold Pumpkin Spice. It is their limited edition flavor that they have right now. Let me just explain these ingredients to you so you can compare the two. So this particular um, product has maximum strength turmeric. It's actually four times more powerful than most turmerics on the market. It has ginger, which has anti-inflammatory effects, reishi mushroom, which helps with relaxation sore, intense muscles, lemon balm, which is a calming herb, turkey tail mushroom to help boost your immune system. It has some black pepper in it, which helps to increase the absorption of of the turmeric and coconut milk, which we know the benefits of coconut milk. And it has acacia fiber prebiotic. And what prebiotics are, they, they, those are different nutrients that help to feed your probiotics. So if you just take probiotics and don't have the right kinds of foods to help feed them, they're just going to die and you're going to poop them out. So if you need the right kinds of prebiotics, this is a fantastic product to do every single day. I like doing it bedtime. You make it as a hot tea. You can mix it with some uh, coconut milk if you want it to be a little bit thicker. It is so, so good. My listeners get a special discount on these products or any of the other Organifi products. So to grab your pumpkin spice latte, head over to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Dr. Low, D-R-L-O. And at checkout, enter Dr. Low 20, D-R-L-O 20, and you'll get 20% off your Organifi Gold. All right, guys, without further ado, let's jump into the episode and learn all about hormone testing. So my guest, Dr. Carrie Jones, I love her. She's actually one of my professors from medical school. She is super smart. I realized I had her on last week and I forgot to read her bio because I've had her on numerous times. But if you're not familiar with her, who she is, she's a naturopathic physician with a master's in public health, having over 12 years experience in the field of functional and integrative medicine. She's also an adjunct faculty for the National University of Natural Medicine, where I went to medical school. She's taught both uh, gynecology and advanced endocrinology. She's also the medical director for two large integrative clinics in Portland, Oregon, or she has been. And then she's currently the medical director for Precision Analytics, which is the company that runs the Dutch test. That's what we'll be talking about. She is a expert in adrenal health, um, thyroid health, sex hormones. She is such a good teacher. I love listening to her teach. She makes really complicated things very understandable and simple, which I believe is the measure of a true skilled teacher. I hope you guys enjoy it and let's jump into the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We have Dr. Carrie Jones on. I think this is her fifth time on the show now. (laughs) Just recorded um, an episode on birth control options. I'm not sure what's going to be published first, but anyway, you get a lot of Dr. Jones, so lucky you. And um, this show is going to be really straightforward. We just wanted to talk about how to accurately test your hormones. It pains me when I see that ladies are getting incorrect testing done. It's not really showing the full picture. Um, And there are a lot of ladies, I'm sure a lot of you listening, who are dealing with some real hormone issues, whether you have, you know, um, hot flashes or night sweats or libido issues, or if you're having difficult periods um, or, you know, cramps or mood changes with your cycles, all kinds of stuff. I mean, your hormones do everything in your body. We've done a lot of episodes on hormones, so we'll, we'll keep all of that for, you know, you guys can listen to other episodes for all of that, but but I really want to make sure that you are empowered to know how to actually have your hormones tested. 
um, you know, all the kind of details and logistics around all of that because we have the master on the show. So let's talk about hormone testing. There's a lot of ways to test hormones. Um, what are the, what are kind of like the typical ways that hormones are tested and, and what are the ways that you recommend to get them tested? Absolutely. I would say the most common is in the blood, right? You go to your doctor and you say, I don't feel normal. And they go, great, we'll do a check your hormones in the blood. And then they tell you everything's fine, except you don't feel fine. Right. So blood is definitely the most common. And, and the blood definitely um, looks at all the things. You can check estrogen, you can check progesterone, your thyroid, things like prolactin. I mean, you can, you can get a lot of good information out of the blood. Then what, ha what became popular is, is saliva testing. And the reason saliva testing became popular was because you could get all your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA hormones. But on top of it, you could get your cortisol, you're right, your stress hormone throughout the day. You could collect your saliva first thing in the morning, you know, a couple hours later around dinner and before bed. And it was really nice to give women this look at their circadian rhythm. Are you too low in the morning and that's why you're tired? Or are you too high at night and that's why you can't sleep? And then came urine testing. Actually, urine testing has been around probably the absolute longest, but it really um, sort of got drilled down to dried urine testing because with dried urine testing, women could urinate on a piece of filter paper throughout the day. So those women who struggle with saliva because they had dry mouth, and they couldn't produce enough saliva, um, or they found it challenging, it's usually very easy for women to urinate on a piece of filter paper. It's almost like urinating on a pregnancy test or a ovulation predictor kit, or you know, when women have had to pee in a cup for a urinary tract infection. Like It's very straightforward. And the bonus of the urine test was you got all your hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, cortisol, but on top of all of that, you now get what we call your metabolites or your pathways. So when you make an estrogen on urine testing, we can tell you where it goes. When you make a testosterone, we can tell you where it goes. And that's often what women need when they get told they're normal, but they don't feel normal. They get this extra layer of information to know is their hormone going down a place causing their acne or is it going down a place causing their estrogen symptoms like heavy periods and, and PMS. And by knowing all this like multi-layer information like an onion, um, they just get more and more and more information. Yeah, super helpful. So in your opinion, do you feel like urine testing is kind of the only way to go? Or do you think it's good to do maybe blood and urine? Or I do or blood or, and urine, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. do blood and urine. Um, and the reason is, for example, if I just want a quick check, if I'm just checking somebody's progesterone, um, maybe on, in, you know, um, maybe she calls me and says she's pregnant. I don't have time to wait for a saliva test or a urine test. Like go to the, go to the lab, get your progesterone checked right now. Um, I will definitely use urine sometimes. Again, quick check for testosterone, um, quick check for some of these other things. You can only get certain markers in blood. For example, thyroid. Thyroid, that's the gold standard. So I will definitely draw that in the blood. When I look at some of the fertility or um, alternatively menopausal markers, uh, FSH, which stands for follicle stimulating hormone. Um, maybe if I'm using something called AMH, anti-mullerian hormone, especially with women who have PCOS. If I'm looking at LH, luteinizing hormone, which is the trigger for ovulation, that I do in, in the blood as well. And it's very cycle dependent. So those women who are still cycling, who still have a period, we do some hormones on day like two or three of their cycle and a lot of their hormones in the second half of their cycle, kind of around day 19, 
2021 ish. So timing is everything, whether I'm using urine, whether I'm using blood. Um, and for those menopausal women listening, you actually can test your hormones uh, anytime because um, you don't cycle anymore. So yeah, I do a combination of blood and dried urine, uh, yeah. depending what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's exactly what I do too. So what are the ones that you think are good to get tested on um, like day two, two or three and then the ones later? Yeah. So I will do FSH, so follicle stimulating hormone, and I will do estradiol on day two. So um, when women get their period, what the body is like, okay, we're not pregnant. I mean, whether you want to be pregnant or not, like this is what actually happens in your biochemistry. The body's like, all right, we're not pregnant. Let's gear up to try this again. And so it will increase your FSH, your follicle stimulating hormone to start to tell the follicles, like start to grow because eventually we're going to choose one of you that's going to be the one that releases the egg for ovulation. Now, if that communication is just a gentle chat, like, hey, follicles, why don't you go ahead and start growing? Then the number is generally um, under, in, in the United States reference range, under 10. So it might be four or it might be three or it might be six. But as the is the brain has to yell at the ovaries, like, hey, follicles, do something, make it happen, grow, the FSH goes up, up, up into the double digits. And as it goes into the double digits, it tells me that the communication is pretty poor, and it tells me that, or it tells me that your, your follicles count has greatly decreased, such mm -hmm. as a woman in menopause. So I will run an FSH. And the reason we run an estradiol, uh, which is one of your estrogen markers on day two, is that if you have higher estradiol levels, you can actually suppress your FSH. So estradiol can actually make you look better than you actually are. So especially if you're trying to get pregnant and you see your FSH is a six, which looks great, but then you find your estradiol is really, really high, that six might actually be a fake out. It might actually be suppressed by the estrogen. Mm. And why would the high estrogen be a, a bad thing if you're trying to get pregnant? Because, um, well, it, it, you may actually have uh, follicle issues. So the high estrogen, there's a feedback loop. There's a feedback loop to say whether to make FSH or not. And what I want you to do if you're trying to get pregnant is I want you to um, communicate in a healthy manner to your follicles to grow so that we can choose one for ovulation. But if I find your estrogen is really high and your FSH is not really the number that it is, then I know the communication to the follicles is not that great. Therefore, I can't guarantee that you're going to choose one right. to, to, to ovulate, you know, in a couple weeks. And, yeah. and, and therefore, you may not ovulate or you may not have a very healthy ovulation, I should say. And I, I love that you brought up that it's estradiol, not total estrogens. You know, I, like yeah. I see that a lot where patients come to see me and then they bring, oh, you know, my doctor checked my hormones. I look at it and it's just total estrogens. It's like, okay, that's not specific because there's three main estrogens. There are, I know. And they do, they, I mean, they're all really important for the female health, but it's yeah. estradiol in particular that's having, which is also known as E2, mm -hmm. um, that does that feedback loop. So I need to know that one in particular, what's going on. Yeah. So fast forward to the luteal um, testing. So the first mm -hmm. half of the cycle, follicular phase, second half is luteal. Mm -hmm. Luteal is after you ovulate. And then around day 21-ish, um, we check other hormones. So which ones are those? We do. So we want them. The reason we choose uh, progesterone at that time is because your progesterone should be out. You, so when you only make progesterone, when you ovulate, so your lutein cells, which is why it's called the luteal phase, your lutein cells are what um, release progesterone. So they're going to go up in a nice healthy manner. So on day 19, 20, 21 ish, I will check the progesterone. And because I'm checking their progesterone, then I will also check other hormones, estradiol, their testosterone, their DHEA, 
Um, and generally, I'll often include their cortisol then as well. So it's sort of, even though I don't need to check cortisol, like I don't, it doesn't have to be day 21. Testosterone doesn't have to be day 21. But just because I'm really focusing on that luteal phase, and especially most women have their, all of their symptoms in that phase, whether it's PMS or, you know, they can't get pregnant or what have you, then I'll just test everybody right then so I can see in the luteal phase what is going on for all these extra hormones. Do you think there's any place for saliva testing anymore? I do. I actually do use saliva testing for something specifically called the cortisol awakening response. And so it's a specific type of cortisol testing where you test three times in the first hour of waking up. So nobody wants to get their blood drawn three times in an hour and nobody can produce urine three times in an hour. Well, I might be able to, but, <laughs> but like you have to, you have to collect as soon as you wake up 30 minutes later and 30 minutes after that. And so I will use saliva cotton swabs actually. So there's no spitting, no drooling into a tube. I'll use these cotton swabs. And um, the reason I like that test is the cortisol awakening response is your marker of kind of resiliency. Mm-hmm. And it's your marker of you moving from conscious. Okay. My eyes are awake into alertness. It's a flip-flop that happens in your brain. Um, and it has a lot to do with autoimmunity and, and um, uh, it helps protect you against autoimmunity. It has a lot to do with inflammation and blood sugar and all these things, mood. And so if I have women who come in and say, maybe they don't say they don't feel resilient, but they'll say, I'm tired and I feel beat down down and I don't feel as strong as I used to and my autoimmune symptoms are worse again and I'm inflamed and you know and 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 I'm like wow let's let's look at your cortisol awakening response right there in the morning um, on, in cortisol because I need to know in that first hour what does your cortisol do now a lot of people have had cortisol testing and they'll say well I did cortisol testing and I did test in the morning like you did one marker in the morning right. and then you do it again at lunch and then you do it again at dinner and you do it again at bed. So you get this general sweeping overview. Mm-hmm. But when I specifically need to focus on that, oh, that awakening response, it has to be three times in the first hour of waking. It's very specific. So is there a lab company that you work with for that? I sure do. I work with Dutch. Oh, Dutch does it. Dutch okay. Does it, yeah. I haven't been yeah. doing this yet. So I want to start doing this. It's a newer test. So it's a combination. Um, <laughs> so funny. Funny you should ask. I know. Funny. <laughs> I didn't even have to. We didn't even talk about it. It's not even like you cubed this up for me. This, that, was, that, was, that was so like commercial without <laughs> even trying to be. <laughs> I know. I love it. Um, it is a combination urine test and saliva cotton swab test. So it's really easy Aww. collection for for patients. I want to do that for myself. I know it's great for, for women who, who start a lot of their conversations with in the morning. I, in the morning, I wake up depressed in the morning, right. I panic in the morning, I'm tired or the opposite in the morning. My inflammation's the worst. My joint pain hurts. My headaches are bad. My autoimmune symptoms are the worst. And that's yeah. when I'm like, Oh, we got to see what the awakening response is. Cause that has a huge tie into all of those. Okay, cool. I'm so glad I asked. Okay. So then the urine testing is really the magic that Dutch does. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And I love the urine testing, like I said, because it gives you these pathways and it allows you to peel back more layers of the onion. So if you have a woman who says, I have really heavy clotty periods, but my estrogen in blood work is normal. Why? I can then look at their pathway and go, oh, you actually go down the pathway that's known as the proliferative pathway. It makes things grow, which is called the 16-OH pathway. So by looking at these pathways, I can say to her, yes, your estrogen and blood work is normal, but this pathway is what's causing your heavy clots. And we can do stuff to help get you off this pathway. Or other women who have like maybe a breast cancer concern or breast cancer history or, you know, a lot of risk factors, I can peel back the layer of the onion and go, you know, when you make an estrogen, unfortunately you go down a pathway that increases the risk for 
estrogen related cancers and let's do some things to help maybe mitigate this risk so that in the future, we, maybe you don't get breast cancer, or maybe if you choose to go on estrogen replacement therapy when you're menopausal, we can help reduce that risk. And um, it, so it gives a lot of great information for women. Same for testosterone. I've had plenty of women that go, I have PCOS or I have really bad cystic acne, but my testosterone and the blood work was normal. Right. What's wrong with me? And I'm like, oh, I can look at the pathway and say, you know, you have this pathway. It's called the five alpha pathway. Yours is upregulated. In the urine, it's really high. And this is the pathway that can lead to PCOS-like symptoms, hair growth in places we don't want it, baldness, you know, uh, hair loss on our head. We call it male pattern baldness, um, and then cystic acne. So you may, you'll miss it in blood work because you can't get these pathways in blood work. But in urine, we pick it up, and then I go, oh, I see it right here. Let's do something to help get you off that pathway or slow that pathway and, and address your symptoms. It's so helpful. I love doing this test and seeing before I put a woman on hormones, how she's going to break it down. So if I see a woman has the high five alpha pathway, I already know I got to work on that before she goes on testosterone because otherwise mm -hmm. she'll get rage and a beard. Right, exactly. Or DHEA. I have so many women that go, my DHEA was low in blood work, but when I went on it, I was super angry and my face broke out. I'm like, right. I know because even, even though you're low, the actual DHEA level is low. When you do get DHEA as a supplement, it goes down the pathway that causes rage and acne. So let's move you off the pathway. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and I love the breast cancer prevention information. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Super helpful. Because you yeah, don't yep. know from just doing a regular hormone test, like if you do total estrogens, you don't know if you have the type of estrogen or the type of pathway that makes you more prone to getting breast cancer. You can't it's tell that. It's very true. It's very true. And so to know for a lot of women, you know, that they can do things to help mitigate. Now, a lot of things cause breast cancer for sure. This is just one of them, but like every bit counts, right? So if we can use diet lifestyle supplementation to help move you off this pathway, then let's do it. Yeah. So can you do the Dutch urine hormone testing if a woman is on birth control or if she's on hormones? So on hormones, yes. And depending on the birth control. So you absolutely can do, you can actually do any hormone testing, estrogen and progesterone testing, blood, serum, saliva, while on any of these things. But you have to understand, like I um, said in the other uh, podcast that we recorded, the birth control pill patch ring and injection will shut down the brain to ovary communication. So no on testing, your estrogen and progesterone will be quite low. In fact, they'll look menopausally low, and that's normal because of the birth control pill right. or patch or ring or injection. But you can absolutely test these pathways. You can test testosterone, DHEA, cortisol, melatonin, all those things you can still test and get the information from. Now, with the IUD, the copper IUD, which is non-hormonal, um, even though copper can have an effect on estrogen, I generally don't see it cause um, crazy excessive amounts of estrogen, believe it or not. And, and it won't, it doesn't shut down or interfere with the test. And then the other type of IUD, which is known as the progestin or the uh, Marina or the Skyla or um, Kylina, um, in some women, it does shut down ovulation. Therefore, her progesterone might be quite low on testing. And in other women, it has no effect. So her progesterone might look normal. But we don't, unfortunately, there's no way to know until she tests. Right. So you can totally test on the IUD um, and, and just keep that in mind. And you can absolutely test on the birth control pill. Just be aware if it's working, you will have very, very low levels of your own hormone. So the fake hormone is not picked up in testing. 
So like, let's say a woman is on bioidentical hormones, maybe she's around perimenopause or menopause. That will be picked um, up, yes. Okay, so that can yeah. so the, the Dutch test can be used as a tool to see if yes. it's being processed. Yep, recently. absolutely. Bioidentical, yes. Synthetic does not show up, but yeah. it does have an effect on the outcome, yes. Yeah, so that's what I do is I'll check, um, you know, I'll start a woman doing her, her blood testing, and then oftentimes I'll do the Dutch in the beginning, and then if she wants to be on bioidenticals, if it seems like a good fit, then we'll retest in, you know, three months on the blood for sure. And sometimes we'll do the Dutch three months, if, if not like six months and see how things mm -hmm. are being processed. And I just feel like that, like if I were on bioidentical hormones, I would definitely do that just to know that it's, it's being processed safely. Cause you just, every woman is so different how our body's going to handle That's it. That's the truth. I get asked questions a lot. Like, well, what are the symptoms I should watch out for? Like, how would I know? And some women have no symptoms. If you're right. going down the um, in the estrogens, if you're on estrogen and you're t potentially going down the, the pathway that could increase your risk for cancer, you may not have any symptoms. It's a cellular thing, right? Yeah. And so you may not know it at all until, you know, God forbid you find out potentially you have breast cancer. And so I don't ha I can't say like, oh, these are the symptoms to look out for because it, it could be silent. Yeah. Also the timing of it. So some women it's on day 21 to do the test, but for some women it's not. So do you still recommend doing the ovulation strips and then you test like I five do. to seven days later? I do. Technically it's five to seven days after a positive ovulation predictor kit, which you can just get at, you know, a pharmacy or grocery store or something like that on Amazon. Yeah. Um, technically that's what it is. And the reason is because if you ovulate on day 11, then you're going to collect on day 16, 17, or 18. Whereas if you ovulate on day you know, 18, then your, your window of collection will be shifted up. And yeah. so, and for women who are listening, if they're like, well, I have a really short cycle or I have a really long cycle, it's same, same rule applies. You just find out when you're ovulating and add five to seven days. And that's when you do the test. And well, if you're like, really questioning, yeah, if you, if you're like really confused, call the lab, <laughs> if you're using, you know, Dutch, like call us and, and ask, like my doctor gave me this test. I'm, I'm not fully sure. I ovulate on day 12. When should I collect? Like we can, we can point in the right direction. Yeah. You guys are super helpful for that. Very um, supportive for the patients and the doctors. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the cycle mapping. So for some women who don't have a cycle or who have really irregular periods, you have this other type of um, panel that they can run. We do. It's a panel that they collect pretty much every day of her cycle. And so if she does have a cycle, but maybe she's trying to figure out why does she have symptoms around ovulation and at PMS? Or maybe she's like, I get migraines on very specific days throughout my cycle. Or maybe she says, I'm trying to get pregnant. I have a history of miscarriage and I don't know why. Or maybe she's perimenopausal and her cycles are kind of all over the place. And she would just like to understand how all over the place is she? Yeah. Um, or maybe she doesn't have a cycle at all. Maybe she has PCOS or amenorrhea for some other reason and but she wants to have an idea is if she, her if her estrogen and progesterone move at all over the course of 30 days then um, we offer this test where you do one collection so it's one urine collection pretty much every morning and then we graph it out through the whole you know however many days you know 21 28 30 days that you collect and we see the rise and fall of your estrone and estradiol, and we see the rise and fall of your progesterone. So it's really, or, or not, <laughs> or not, it's flat. And, but it's a really, it's probably my favorite test because it gives me a really great overview of both those two main hormones and what they do on specific days. So when women say to me, um, 
I have really severe PMS, but I went and got my blood drawn and my progesterone is normal on day 19. I see it all the time where their um, progesterone will fall, like falls, right? So day 19, it's normal, but by day 21, it's starting to crash down. Mm. But we don't know that because it's, they went and got a one-day test. And with the cycle mapping, I can see the big picture. And I'll go, oh, cool. your progesterone was normal. The blood work is right. But two days later, you crash down. So that's the problem. Right. I love that. So if a woman wants to do that test, but also she wants to get her adrenals tested, she has to do that as an add-on, right? Like doing Correct. adrenal Yep. Portion. And you can do that. You can add on, um, you can add all of that. Yep. All the pathways and the cycle mapping you can do. I love it. So yep. helpful and so empowering. It's the best. You guys are the best. And then you do other stuff too with your panels. Like you can check your melatonin, right? We do. We do melatonin. We do a B12 marker. We do some B6 markers. We do a glutathione marker, which is the most potent antioxidant in your body. We do a, a dopamine metabolite and a norepinephrine, which is your noradrenaline and then epinephrine or adrenaline metabolite. And we do this really cool marker called 8 OHDG, which is a marker of DNA damage. And we do not want DNA damage. And so when the DNA does get damaged, it releases this marker into urine and we pick it up. So, and, and it can be damaged for any reason. Um, it could be something like cancer, of course, but also exposure, you know, chemical exposure from, you know, just, I mean, even um, severe stress. We've seen it with severe depression. We've seen it with certain like really rough medications that have a lot of side effects. So, um, we, and, and the great thing is that you can do stuff about all this. It's all exactly modifiable and, and, you know, actionable. Yeah, no, it's, it's really empowering stuff. And so just, so you guys know, typical doc is going to have no idea about any of this stuff. So this is a very specialty, you know, like the doctor needs to be trained in this stuff and actually be, um, you know, have to have, have an account with Dutch. So you know, if you go to like your Kaiser doctor, or like your primary care, they're not going to know what this is. And also too, a lot of times they don't check your hormones until you're like in perimenopause. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> and it's such a bummer too. It's like, oh, just go on birth control. That's it. No, I mean, you can really get your hormones tested thoroughly. And even if you are a woman who has no symptoms, I think it's great to get a baseline. And see I agree. You yeah. are ovulating and when you're feeling great. So um, anyway, I run these tests all the time. I'd be happy to work with you guys. If you don't have a doctor who runs these, you can just give us, give our office a ring. Um, shinenaturalmedicine.com is my practice. Um, and definitely check out, um, is it dutchlabs.com? It's um, dutchtest.com. Okay. Dutchtest.com. Dutchtest.com. Yeah. And then yeah. on social media, they're at dutchtest. So definitely. And lots of different trainings and stuff on the website, right? Yeah. Lots of videos, more. lots of webinars, lots of podcasts like yours um, that people can listen to. Love, love, love. Um, okay. Well, thank you for coming on. Is there anything I, I didn't touch on? I feel like that's pretty thorough for hormones. We covered a lot. So that's great. I mean, I, we definitely, you know, just making sure people realize that the other hormones like thyroid that we mentioned, that's all done in blood work. Um, uh, not in saliva, not in urine, but still is equally as important. So make sure you get that full panel done. Vitamin D, all those are, that's all blood work, but yeah. still important. So important and how it all fits together. You yes. know, it's like a big web and everything affects each other. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, thank you, Doc. Thanks for coming on for Thanks. two shows and powering through. Um, <laughs> definitely check her out at Jones over on Instagram and um, DutchTest.com. And enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk soon. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Lowe Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon. 